Welcome to Better Family Travel with Amy and Kathleen, the podcast where we'll help you plan fun, enriching, and affordable experiences for you and your family that meet your goals. We'll ask ourselves hard questions, reveal our mistakes, and share a new perspective on what better family travel can look like for you. Whether you're a seasoned traveler or your journeys are just starting, you're a better family traveler just by tuning in. It's another Better Family Travel. I'm Kathleen Monroe here with Amy DeCesare and Amy. Yes, Kathleen. Want to guess what I'm drinking? Is it rosé? It's not. What are you drinking? So, you know I love rosé in the summer. That's usually high kind of red in the wintertime and then spring starts to hit. Every once in a while I'll have like my grapefruit rosé so I can start to get excited about my summertime you know, flavors. It's kind of like other people's pumpkin latte mm-hmm. is my grapefruit rosé. As soon as the season, st- like signs of the season start to change, like that's what I do. So I have branched out into sweeter wines since I I really pre- pre- have preferred dry wines with Brett for, you know, the entirety of our relationship. But every once in a while, I like to have like, it's my girl's glass of wine. So I go for the sweeter wines and we're not sharing a bottle. Yep. And so I, you know, I'm looking at some of the different flavors on the shelf and I'm just trying like something new all the time. And this is barefoot fruit scotto. So I'm guessing it's like a, like a Moscato, a Moscato, but it's peach. It smells like someone squeezed a fresh peach into this glass. And I haven't even tried it yet. I just poured it and I'm just like enjoying the smell. It smells amazing. Very good. Get But super sweet. So I don't know. It's a little bubbly. I really like it. Oh, it's real sweet though. You know what? This might be a seltzer mixer. Oh, I bet you you could mix it. To dry it a little bit, you know, so it doesn't have that like super, I mean, maybe it's for like a dessert glass. Absolutely. Oh my God. (laughs) So for people listening in, there's a dessert, like dessert wines are so can be so sweet as people who drink wine now. Like maple syrup sweet, like really. Yeah. And so I, we, a couple years ago, we went up to, up by Fort Ticonderoga in the Adirondacks, up by Lake Champlain, and there was a winery there. So we went Memorial Day weekend, and we're coming up on Memorial Day weekend now, and we took my mother-in-law, and we rented a house in the middle of nowhere, and people are like, and I think I've told the story, they're like, you came on vacation here? Like, I, I'm not sure I understand. But it was really cool. It was awesome. Chasm is up there, which oh, is yeah, called- yeah, I know that area. Yeah, it's called- called the Grand Canyon of the East. And it it was one of my kids' favorite vacations. We just sat on the front porch, watched the sunrise over the mountains. It was great. But And we tried to do little things. We went to Fort Ticonderoga, which is obviously a huge hit for people in my family. (laughs) But there was a winery right on Lake Champlain and you could look across over to Burlington, Vermont. It was beautiful, but the winery wasn't open yet. So we'd pulled in and we were like to my mother-in-law because we had dragged her to all the kids and by kids stuff. I mean, like the museums and stuff that my kids wanted to go to. So we're like, oh, we'll go to a winery. We'll go, we'll bring some snacks and have lunch there. And we get there and they're not open because in upstate New York, things don't open on Memorial Day. They were again. That's they're like you're crazy. Like why would you come here on Memorial Day? It's like it's a three day weekend, and that's what people do. It is so cold at that time. Like they're not. Yeah, yeah they're like you know they had like that puzzled look. Like I don't understand. It's Memorial Day weekend. So the but the people were super nice, and they opened up for us, and they had some of their wine. They were going to open the following weekend, which is just weird that it was going to be 
not the long weekend, but whatever. And so because, you know, we bought a few bottles of wine, very grateful. So felt like, you know, we wanted to support them. And as you know, I like to read. And when I'm not reading like all of these motivational type stuff or stuff for your brain, I enjoy what I call brain candy, which is usually like the trashy romance novels or something like that. Totally bad, but you know, different ones like that. Sometimes I'll read. So there, there's a whole series of books. I forget who the author is, but it was like, I read them years ago and it was like, I think they're called like the Blue Heron series or something. And, uh, you know, it's... The, the guy gets the girl at the end of the book, every single book, which is fine. It's all I want. Like, da, 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 you know, there's a misunderstanding. And it's like watching a rom-com, like that kind of thing. And so because it everybody was loves a nice, neat wrap up. Yes. I mean, you like, got to have that once in a while. Yes. I'm like, I don't want messy. I just want to get sucked into the story and we're happy and we're good. And so they were set at the wineries. And that's where I learned about the ice wine. And so ice wine you is, read my mind. That's somewhere I was going with this sweet glass of wine. This is why, like, we're mentally connected. So, okay, talk about the ice wine, because this is literally where I'm like, where do you draw the line, right? Right. Between a full glass of this versus, like, the little... So, okay, go ahead. Sorry. Okay, so ice wine. No, no, no. This is... I like what you use when you talk. So... <laughs> Ice wine is basically the wine is harvested at the first like frost. And so they go out and they harvest the grape and it increases the sugar content. And so it's a much sweeter wine. And so I bought some because I had read about it in a book. I'm like, well, I read about it in a book. And it's a, if people can picture it, it's a very long, skinny bottle of wine. It's not you know, it's it's much smaller than a like a bottle that you put on your table. Which is and, your first hint that this is not to be consumed the way no, that we're used to pouring our. It's you know. more like a bottle of maple syrup than a right. bottle of wine. If you're gonna like compare them to things, so I, that's I, your I, hint number two. Hint number two. <laughs> so and it's it, it's you know I'm, I'm telling a story to the person who is here for it. So, but for our listeners. <laughs> Kathleen, let me tell you about a story when you were there for the entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, yeah. you're for the next part. But last summer when we were, you know, with the, the summer of COVID, we broke it out on one of the nights to try it. Like, because had it and it's definitely was going to be a, I knew it was going to be a sweeter wine. So I don't really care for sweet wines, but I was just curious what it tasted like. And uh, whew, that was pretty thick. Yeah, I mean, I use the the metaphor, metaphor, simile. Yeah, like better. simile. Like is a simile. Like is a simile. I use a simile of maple syrup because it wasn't just the sweetness factor. It was also a texture factor. Oh, yeah. Huh? <laughs> it was like dripping like honey, right? Not that yeah. thick, maybe. But you definitely got the sense that this is a serious sip of wine. Yeah. <laughs> it's everything in a drop, you know? <laughs> I, I will just say that I enjoyed reading about the experience in the book more than actually tasting this the sweet ice wine. The, 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 the thought of how they harvest the wine and the whole like people waking up in the middle of the night and getting the grapes as they're freezing. So they that yeah, was the pretty story cool. is very appealing. I mean, it was you very- know. The the gin that's distilled in the copper stills and the going up the glass tubes, you know, all that's very appealing to me. Like, ooh, that's going to taste delicious. And then I have a sip and I'm like, mm, still don't like it. it. You know, it's a lot like um, camping in a tent. 
I want to like camping in a tent. <laughs> it sounds like a really cool adventure. I don't enjoy that. I want to sleep in a bed. I do not want to sleep on the ground. I do not enjoy being sweaty with bugs. So, but I like the idea of camping, much like I like the idea of ice, not ice wine, not actually the taste of ice wine. So, yes, you know, the reality versus the image in my head. Right. Which actually is a pretty good lead in for uh, the topic for because I wanted to talk about imagination and the magic that I was thinking of our kids and the magic that they can create and the magic that they create and bring to the experience all on their own. I think a lot of parents, myself included, want to create a magical experience, especially around travel for our kids. And so whether it's travel and sometimes holidays and other special events, we build it up a lot and we add a lot of detail, right? And we work very hard for this. And I think that sometimes it's easy to overlook the magic that they can bring to the with through their own imagination and their own expectations and how they're picturing things and just the creativity that they bring to things and interesting so go ahead go ahead no 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 what were you gonna say i was gonna say for for everybody listening what we're we're getting at is amy took her kids and her family to the not yet open to the public Legoland in upstate New York. It's very exciting. She got a sneak peek with her family and I'm imagining that you're you're talking about this particular experience, yes? Absolutely. So I, have, so I have some very specific questions as you're going out. Finish with your thought, but I, I have a question about your kids setting it up in their minds. Yeah, yeah. No, please feel free to ask. So as we were getting ready for tonight's show, this was what I, you know, I was trying to think of themes. I like themes and, you know, going back through a lot of what we've talked about. And so we, Legoland is opening in Goshen, New York, which is about, two hours directly west of Hartford, Connecticut, straight out Route 84. So it's it's almost a straight shot. With like, accessible. Very accessible. And it's really neat to have such a cool theme park so close to where we are. And so we have some Lego lovers in the family. Right now, William, my oldest, is building upstairs. Well, he should be in bed, but he came over from school. He He's reading a book called The Great Escape about some escape from prison during World War II. So he's recreating the scene in Legos. So he's got layers going. And this is what he's done over the last like couple hours that he's built this. So he's been excited about Legoland. And so Wade and I get excited about this. I, I like to say the kids, the kids get excited, but let's be honest, right? So you have to picture this. This is so Wade and I, this is like classic stuff that we do. We, we're a good team this way. So we knew Legoland New York was coming sometime in 2018. We had heard that it was opening. There were, for those of you whose children like ours have subscribed to Lego magazine since it was like available to pick up at Toys R Us, right? <laughs> Before yeah. they closed Toys R Us, you know, they've had little insert cards and, you know, some, even some of the kits that you've bought, a little flyer will fall out of the box. It's like, Hey, Legoland's opening 2018. Like this has been a building anticipation for a good long time now. Oh, well, yeah. And then the anticipation, we've talked about anticipation, right? Like that's been one of our themes. The kids saved those. Like we, these are free. It says tickets. Like we had 
probably in 2018, we had a whole bunch of these little handouts that Anna had collected and stuck in our little treasures drawer. Like these, we got to keep these because these are good tickets. So I'm like, these are not, we're not, no. Well, so then they started talking about the real ticket, the real passes. Now the plan was for the park to open in the summer, sometime in the summer of 2020. And so in the spring of 2019, they offered like annual passes with like at a discount because you had to buy them extremely early. You weren't going to be able to use them for a while. Um, And if you bought it, like I want to say it was April or May, it was definitely in the springtime. If you bought the annual pass for 2020, then it also came with this first to play part. And so the first to play was, it's basically the behind the scenes. Like you get to go to the park. Basically they need people to try out the stuff before it opens so that people can learn how to run an amusement park, but you know, they need volunteers. Hey, great. You know? So Wade and I put, we, we, we put probably more effort into stuff like this. We're like, okay, I think sometimes we think it's a more demand than it really is. Like we geek out about this, but most people are not. We're like, okay, we got to get these tickets. It's the first to play where we're going to give it to the kids for Christmas. And, you know, we have to get this. So, you know, he's getting ready to log in at work. Cause I don't know in our minds, like it might get sold out and we might not get these first to play tickets. Right. So we work really hard to coordinate the whole thing and we get the ticket and now it's springtime and now we have to keep our mouth shut all summer because it's going to be our present to them. Thank for, you. Present to them for <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> I got, I got a can of the seltzer oh, to awesome. add to my, so I'm, I'm live taste testing it. Yeah. What's See the one it makes better. I cannot think on the spot right now. I think it's just it's Wednesday. I'm tired. I am experimenting yeah going with the flow whatever we're gonna we're gonna mix this up and decide if adding seltzer to my super i mean it's moscato what was i expecting <laughs> oh, clue number one sweet wine with peach like it's gonna be yeah, like the peach was gonna cut the sweetness like, yeah not so much that is amazing <laughs> so that's really said, good and now my bottle will last seltzer, me twice right? as long that's like free yeah, with a little kick this is good stuff. Oh, that's very good. Okay, I'm sorry. You may continue. I'm going to sit here and just be in bliss. And listen. Enjoy your wine spritzer uh, there. Yes. <laughs> so, so we bought the tickets a long time ago and gave it to them for Christmas. They were super excited. First to play was supposed to happen in the spring. We all know how spring of 2020 went and all. So the whole womp, thing. Was, yeah. Womp. So now it's like, hey, your big Christmas present is nothing to it. And we didn't know. We just didn't know. I mean, there, there's no planning that's happened over the last year. It's, or it's, you know, it's for things like that for us. It's not even worth trying to plan it because there's too many unknowns. And so a couple of weeks ago, though, out of the blue, we got an email from Legoland to say, hey, we've got, you know, basically these things that you bought two years ago are good. So we had to book a date. And so we did. We booked the date. And then it goes back to that conversation. Do you tell the kids or do you, or do we surprise them and say like, 
hey, we're going to, you know, how the Legoland thing we told you about two years ago or a year and a half ago. Well, here it is finally, surprise. It's tomorrow. <laughs> so we kind of thought about it. Like, which way do we do it? Do we do the surprise we're going to Legoland or do we let the anticipation? So I have to be honest, I was kind of experimenting a little bit. Like, how's this going to go? So we told them, I mean, we didn't do any bigger fanfare. We're like, hey, guess what? We told them it was on a Tuesday. We were going to go a week and a half later on Sunday. So it was, it was, they knew for about a week and a half that we were going to go. And we, we did a pretty low key. I mean, we, we didn't make any super huge deal of it. We just said, you know, but excited because we've been waiting for it. Said, hey, dad got an email at noontime today and Legoland says it's time to come, you know, be there. And they were, they were excited. And uh, because they were distant learning at the time, I could hear them tell their class that they're doing this. And Maddie told them at softball. I mean, I don't think they're, we were really extra careful. I'll be honest. And this is not a slam on any of our neighbors, but they've basically told the entire community, anyone they've come in contact that we were not going to be home this past weekend. So, so, so there was that, right? <laughs> yeah. Like they told everybody, but you know, how great to have something to look forward to. Yeah. Like, so like, since when was the last time? they really had a big adventure to look forward to that's so cool it was so nathaniel gave us a hard time nathaniel said why did you tell me so i i have to look so you know how he is oh my gosh he gave me grief i'm like so there goes for my I can't experiment handle the excitement. he's like why would you tell me this is so long i have to look forward to it but there's a whole line of study with behavioral economists on the value for your dollar and where do you get the value from? And especially like for things like vacation and that so much of the experience that you're paying for is the, you get so much value from the anticipating of a trip that it's often overlooked. And I will tell you that I definitely saw it, it, it even with my five-year-old giving us a hard time, how excited they, their excitement about going and telling everybody and having that experience over and over and looking forward to it and talking about it. And hey, we're gonna, you know, just watching that because we got there, we stayed at this, you know, like, I don't, I don't know, it was home away or something. I don't know. It was some. So you didn't over. say at Legoland. Will you no, be able to in the future? Yeah, the hotel's not open yet. So did you get a sneak peek of it? Were you able to look and see or just the outside? Right, we saw the outside. We didn't go inside. I think it's, I saw pictures of it. You can look it up on the website. You yeah. have like a model room you can look at. We 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 stayed at one in Florida. So we've been at the Legoland Hotel. Um, oh, okay. So you know so, yeah, you like anyway. It's, it's very cool. Um, it's like a kid resort. Don't go for the food. But the, the kid activities are really cool. But okay. the park itself, I will say is only half open. I mean, we had a great time and it's one of those things. They had an amazing time. Can't wait to go back, but you have to be careful how you sell it because I wouldn't, we had such a great time. I wouldn't want other people to go and be like, wait, what? Like, so what, what was closed? What couldn't you do? So they only had like two of the big rides were, were only two of the big rides were open and 
you know, hey, I had to explain to the kids because we get there and w- William's first thing is like, let's walk through all like the mini lands. And I'm like, listen, you got to understand how amusement parks work. Like you don't waste your early time on walking through like where the I'm like, you got to go to the end of the park and, you know, explaining the whole amusement park strategy. Like you go to the end, you get in line for the biggest rides because there's no line right now. You do those and then, you know, we could do Miniland later. Was he to accept your strategy? I know that can be hard for him sometimes. He didn't. He didn't love the strategy because Miniland is what he's been looking forward to the most. So here's a growing part for both of us, right? So I'm like, that's not a good use of our time to explore all the Miniland stuff because we were like one of the first people in the park. We were right by the front gates when they did the whole opening dance and everything else. So you know, I talk about like learning things for the kids, but I. Th- I hope I've also learned stuff myself in all of this because yes, I'm like, let's go do the two big rides that were open. And we did, we we did those. He actually, he and Nathaniel only did one of the two big ones. They didn't do the Ninjago one, which I think they would have enjoyed, but the first one was kind of, was one of those, like, I don't even really like them either. It was, you know, the ones that the, the screen and the motion kind of is jarring. Like, what do they call yeah, those? It was like the 3D interactive ride. Yeah. I mean, it moved a little bit, but it was very you, jarring. You and sit was, in those seats and you're like the room yeah. kind of, yeah. I mean, it, so it, the, the mm-hmm. ride moved a little bit, but there was a lot of that piece of it. So for William with it with the sensory issues, that was not cool because that made that the motion bothered him. And then Nathaniel, the noise of it and the stimulus was overwhelming. So those two were like not happy after the first one. Yeah. So the next one, big one, was the Ninjago one, which William had actually done in Florida four years ago and he liked but um the motion was still good. he wasn't ready to just go on something else. He he was kind of like, I'm not sure. So because every ride comes out into a gift shop. I took the boys to the air conditioned gift shop while Wade took Maddie through. And I got Our a picture. girls are. Oh, I know. She, so they, they went through and did that. And then at that point, the boys were like, I think I might want to try it. I'm not sure. So at that point, that's where I hopefully have shown some growth. And I'm like... <laughs> It was hot and there were potential for thunderstorms. So we didn't know. And I knew that he did want to do the mini land. And that is what he's been looking forward to for quite a while. And that's what he's been spending. That's been his hobby to build like scenes out of Legos. I know. I have seen them. They're pretty intense. We we should be taking photographs of these things and illustrating, you know, the Lego version of... Oh yeah, you know, the, the battlefield they're, they're or the great from, escape. Yeah, from a for, yeah from a Nazi prison in okay, World right. War II. Right, I mean he, he's illustrating these things with three dimensional models. It's pretty impressive. Right, so I mean the models at Legoland are very cool, but it wasn't worth going on another ride if we ran any chance of not seeing what he had gone for. So, oh, we can hear the rain. We have a big thunderstorm coming through. If, if we yeah. get disconnected, y'all will just uh, <laughs> pick well, it up another time. time. Yeah. So we did the, we, 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 at that point we did go through the, the, the mini land, which is so cool to say, like they rebuilt yeah. the city of New York. It's so cool to see what people can do with the, the creativity, mm-hmm. you know, that there's just, it's, it's it's always so fun. And plus anything in miniature is always fun. Isn't it though? I know. So. So was there anything that they 
they were their reality didn't match up with their expectations was there any like oh i wish so i was worried about that bad part i was because now we have some significant anticipation right correct and only half the park is open so my fear was that the reverse of it instead of wade and i having built up the magic and that did it i really was worried that what they were anticipating versus the reality of a half completed park was going to be a, a letdown for something that they'd been looking forward to so much but i think hopefully the fact that wade and i didn't build it up anymore and they got to kind of explore what they wanted they had a great time well a great time did you have a good time and I did, did I, okay so we didn't think kids could wear masks during a pandemic but they did and they did yeah. it well because this is kathleen's mm -hmm. you know philosophy and life in the world so get get comfortable the children understood acceptability and the normalcy of mask wearing because the adults around them showed them that. Yep. It, it is so important not to underestimate our our role model ability and our what monkey see monkey do is not a joke. I mean yep. children children emulate what they see and that is actually an important rule to keep in mind when you're an educator because when you see strange behaviors you we do need to think about where it was seen. Some behaviors occur organically and have a source that's outside of experience, right? It comes from a reaction versus a reflection, right? But I think the, primarily a lot of children's just philosophy on life and the world comes from what's been modeled for them. And when we as adults model for them being gracious or yeah. making the most of a situation or accepting, hey, you know, we had a great time with what was available to us. But if yeah. there's a lot of complaining and like, gee, I wish, you know, this had been open, we would have had more, we would have even had more fun that their attitudes will be different. So you should guys should give yourselves a lot of credit because I bet you modeled enjoyment. And so that was what they, that was what they saw. And that's what they did. Yeah. I, I thank you for that. I hope that's <laughs> the case because it really was a concern of mine as I realized, you know, and we knew only part of the park was going to be open, but there was, there was only a, a few rides really running like the roller coaster and stuff like that. They went in with very low anticipations because they didn't know what to expect. So, and they knew it was only part and they knew this was like a pre-visit that we were going to go back. So yeah. that definitely helped. And coming off a pandemic where they've done very little too, I think it's reset all of our expectations, right? Listen, Amy, you took your kids to the play first Legoland. You probably could have given them a hoop and a stick and they would have been like, woo! Oh, I know. Toys. I mean, our kids, we have, a, we have a great chance to kind of go back to, hey, you haven't seen some really basic stuff in a long time. Right. <laughs> Well, isn't that true though? Like we've kind of set the bar high for ourselves as parents. Oh my like, gosh. Can we talk about that? Yeah, the, seriously, right? I mean, birthday parties. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Uh, we have holidays that are magical and full of surprises and you know, manufactured traditions and mm -hmm. you know, the things that my kids love the most traditionally about our holidays are the fact that we have the cups with snowflakes on them that only come out at Christmas time. Like that's not hard. And it kind of was just one of those little, you know, I got married. I wanted some cups with snowflakes on them. And so, you know, that became the Christmas cup and that's a tradition, but you know, that's easy for me. And it's something we all enjoy. And it's super high on their list of like, this is making our holiday special. Yeah. Elf on the shelf, on the other hand, 
is a huge burden factor for me and the other adults in the household. You know, my husband and I, we have to set reminders on our phones to deal with, yep. you know, and then there's also the, the mismatch of how other people employ health on the shelf, mm-hmm. you know? So, so you set up these high, high expectations and there's no, there's no going back without nope. guilt about destroying the magic of this the holiday i mean i think maybe some people might have an easier time of being like we're done but that's it's harder for me for sure so if i set that bar high i am stuck at that It, it is and i think that that's one of the things that you know no new parent really wants to hear people because they think we have way more experience than we do um but it's just a few years of doing this that but again stuff like elf on the shelf we we actually elf our elf showed up this year for the first time i know you held out for a long time but even you did it i you tried you had a modified version you should tell people what your modified elf on the shelf (laughs) we can talk about christmas in july christmas is the end of may so so i i have been very anti elf on the shelf Mm -hmm. um first of all it's a creepy concept it's creepy well it's creepy i found it to be very creepy and i really resented the fact that i was told it was a tradition when i don't remember it from when i was a kid it just showed up one year in barnes and noble and i'm like what do you mean this is a tradition this is a brand new thing so yeah but maddie has really asked for a few years for our own elf elf on the shelf and and at first, you know, my, my first go around with that was, you know, we were, we were actually at the beach and we we're walking back to my parents' house. And she's like, I really want an elf on the shelf. You know, and she, she thinks about these things. She's still my kid. But so I said to her, I said, well, why do you want an elf on the shelf? She goes, well, I, I'm really kind of curious how it works. I want to figure it out. I'm like, okay. She goes, and, and I really want an elf on the shelf. Like I want the elf to go and you know the elf comes and she explained to me how the elf worked that they like watch you and then report to santa and i said to her i said maddie i said you do pretty well at christmas right and she said yeah i'm like you get a fair amount under the tree right and she's like yeah i'm like that just made me jump i know it's a a serious storm So I will tell you the story, and then I do have to go, I think, because you go snuggle she, girl. I yeah. got to go snuggle a girl. But with the elf <laughs> on the shelf, you know, I will say, and there's a lot more to the story, she, at eight years old, brought the magic, and I had the best year with the elf on the shelf. You did. I loved Elf on the Shelf because we, ta- we could we could do, we could unpack that a little bit. <laughs> There's a lot actually to talk about with your experience with it and what I've observed in other households and how it's different from what we do in our household mm-hmm. and why why it is that we chose and and other people chose to implement this in a certain way. Like I think there's a lot to think about. What is it that we're expecting? Who is it for? You know, kind of like an apology. Who's an apology for? Is it for you? Is it for the person who's receiving or a confession, right? Yeah. That's what I mean. Not really apologies, but confessions about things. Yep. Who is it? You know, the elf on the shelf stuff. Who is it for? Is it, is it for you? Is it for the kids? Was it? I don't know. I think there's a lot to talk about. I think but. there's a lot. And we, we definitely, I do want to explore it because it goes back to my opening premise that kids i think we underestimate what the magic that they bring to it and when we let them bring the magic to the situation and what their imaginations bring and if we kind of step back a little bit we, we talked about on one of our others that that pause that that space between 
I think there's, I think as parents, there's room in that space between to give them room for that magic to grow. And we, where when we try to force the magic in, we miss, we miss out on some opportunities and they bring pretty cool magic. So I will say that. And um, yes, I totally agree. I, and I would love to talk to other people who've had some experiences like that, where you just sort of give it a, one for next give week, it a or shot. The week after, if you're available to talk about, to pick up this theme because yeah. I'd love to throw this out to our listeners, our better family travelers. We're going to do a shorter episode tonight and yeah, I hope I people will forgive us. I'm I sure have, they will. We have, I have kids. We have a severe thunderstorm going overhead and I have a couple little kids upstairs who are very scared of thunderstorms. So this is not a time I want to, they have a very fruitful imagination that works for us sometimes. And right yeah. now it's really hard because they're going to be all in their head for this. So yeah. So go give them a hug. I would like to thank you for joining us on Better Family Travel and being part of the CMG Podcast Network. You can find us at clovercrossmedia.com and make sure to visit our website at betterfamilytravel.com for the latest tips, trends, stories, and adventures that meet your family's needs. And make sure you follow us on social media at Better Family Travel. For Better Family Travel, I'm Amy. I'm Kathleen. Happy travels.